you know, there's an old song, some of you might know it, that says, I'm a little bit country, I'm a little bit rock and roll, okay? Well, this girl is a little bit country, she's a little bit rock and roll, but she's also a little bit classical. There you go, you didn't know that about me? Okay, so I want you to have a little listen to a little piece of classical music this morning. And you may recognise the film for which it was kind of adapted and used for. So it was that in all the celebration, in all the hubbub of noise and excitement, there were two figures who stood silent and still, side by side. And though every single human in the stands or in the commentary boxes was at a complete loss for words, the man who in his life had uttered fewer words than any of them knew exactly what to say. That little pig. That'll do. So, to satisfy my classical earnings, yearnings, Twice a year, I attend the Ayrshire Symphony Orchestra's concerts. Okay, so they have two a year. They have one just before Christmas where it's lots of audience participation and we sing carols and songs and it gets us ready for that festive flow, okay? But they also have another one in spring to get us ready for the springtime. And this year's spring concert was phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. It was so good and it touched me in so many levels that this was the, the final piece they played that night. And I remember standing there thinking, God, if this is how good music can sound here on earth, what is it going to be like when I get to heaven? And do you know, for a moment I forgot I was in Air Town Hall and that little Pentecostal girl kind of surfaced and before I knew it, I was lost, I was worshipping, I was praising. And my son, who was sitting next to me, was like, I can't believe she did that. Oh. But you know, God just bursts into our moments. Wherever we are, God is with us. God is present. And as I left that night, I was saying to Jordan, oh, Jordan, that was, that was amazing, that was phenomenal. And... A couple of weeks before this concert, we were asked a question at Life Group. Who is your favorite Bible character and why? And as I was having this conversation with Jordan and I was still wrapped up in the music and in the buzz of it all, this question kept coming to me. And by the time I got to the car, I kind of was still talking to God and I said, God, somebody needs to write a symphony about my favorite Bible character. So for those that don't know me, okay, my favorite Bible character happens to be Elijah, okay? And I'm having this conversation with God in my head, and I'm saying, God, I've even got a title for you, God. My title for this symphony would be Elijah Stretched, Strengthened, and Sent, okay? 
Now, this, this hasn't left me. This has stayed with me since that concert. It keeps coming back to me. You see, his whole life was a symphony. And if you don't know what a symphony is, this is my interpretation of a symphony. Okay, so don't quote me, okay? But a symphony is basically a story set to music. Okay, and it comes in three different parts. So part one of a symphony usually is, it says in the program, it's light, it's upbeat, it flows. Okay, that's what my program says. Because it's introducing you to your main character. Things are going well in his life, everything's flowing, he's happy, it's a nice wee joint. Okay, and for our symphony of Elijah, if we were to start at the Point, the first point of his story in First Kings, it wouldn't be light, it wouldn't be flowing. Uh-uh-uh. So we have got to jump to the New Testament for our Elijah symphony. Because in the book of James, it says, in chapter 5, verse 17, Elijah was as human as we are. Do you know, that is why he is my favorite Bible character. Okay, because he had faults, he had failings, he was every bit as human as me. He wasn't bitten by some spider and given superpowers. He didn't fall into a bath of gamma ray and get superpowers. He wasn't a billionaire or a millionaire with gadgets and gizmos galore. Oh no, he was as human as me. So my first symphony would be upbeat, it would be hopeful, it would be encouraging, that the music would come to a crescendo almost, because knowing that Elijah was just like me gives me so much hope. It fills me with such confidence for the future. Romans 2.11 says that God is no partiality or a bridge. Basically, he's no favoritism, okay? He has no favoritism. He doesn't favor one person over another person. No one is more important than you to God. Elijah was as human as you and me. It says in Ephesians 1, 18 to 20, I pray that your hearts would be flooded with light so that you can see something of the future he has called you to share. I want you to realize this. That God has been made rich because of you. I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe. It is that same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand. Elijah was as human as you on me. But that same power of God is available to you and to me as it was to Elijah. So this is my flow. This is my bounce. This is my introduction. And I am loving Elijah. Okay. But then, okay, we get to part two of our symphony. And in part two of a symphony things change a little bit. We're no longer bouncing. Because part two is where a problem arises. There's some conflict. There's a situation. There might be a love interest. There might be a battle. There might be a death. Okay. The music changes. The tempo drops. I do not like middle movements 
of a symphony. I hate them because I'm a sensitive soul and the way that those talented musicians play this music, I feel every pain. I feel the conflict. I feel the battle. And in a second movement, it can be really long. It can be really repetitive. And I sit there and I think, God, when's this going to be over? You know, I, I just don't like that. And in Elijah's life, we need to flip back to 1 Kings 16 and 17. Because straight away with our friend Elijah, he doesn't even get a moment before he is stretched. Before you feel that pull with that dramatic change and shift. Because even in the first little sentence, we find that our friend Elijah is living in a very challenging time. He's under the reign of a king who was the worst king that Israel had ever known. The Bible says this king, this Ahab, did more to provoke God than any other that ever came before him. He erected temples and he erected statues and he erected idols to some false god, a piece of rock, and he ordered everybody to worship it. He claimed this was their life source. This was their hope. If you wanted rain, you prayed to this piece of rock. You wanted children, seek that piece of rock. And anyone who dare oppose this theology was instantly put away, killed. Now, my friend Elijah, his very name means the Lord God is my God. He couldn't hide who he was. He wore it. That was his name. Every time someone spoke his name, they declared that God was his God. And straight away, Elijah has a face-to-face with this king. Straight away, he's in that stretch position. And he goes to Ahab and he says, Ahab, I've got news for you. As surely as the Lord God of Israel lives, the God whom I worship, the God whom I serve, there will be no dew, there will be no rain until I give the word. Wow. He was a man. He was human like you and me, yet he faced kings and he spoke the truth. He was bold. He was unashamed. He set his standard. He nailed his colors to the mast, defiantly displaying his belief and his, his intention to hold fast to that, even if it meant instant, sudden death. But that wasn't God's plan. Our God instantly was there. You see, when God stretches us, God instantly strengthens us. Do you know, we say our church vision is to stretch and to strengthen, and we say it as two different things, but God's been showing me the two go hand in hand. When God stretches, he equally strengthens. He is there in every moment of your life. He never leaves you, no matter what the circumstances look like. He's there in the stretching. He strengthens you in the stretching. And straight away, he has a place to hide Elijah because this is a dangerous time. He's now number one in Ahab's most wanted list. Everyone is out to look for Elijah. So he takes him to a stream and there he sends the ravens to strengthen him, 
to provide him with food. Day and night they come. From the brook that's still flowing, he provides him with water of life. You see, our God is the one who gives us our provisions. Our God is the ones who provide. But soon, this river starts to kind of dwindle. He can see it going down a little bit. So our music's kind of up, it's down, it's up, it's down. But that's God. God's with us in the ups. He's with us in the downs. He's with us in every step of the way. He's there. And you know, there's some people in here this morning that I believe you're looking at your brook and you're seeing it dry up. You're seeing maybe relationships. You're seeing your finances. You're maybe seeing job opportunities dry up and you're feeling that stretch. And you're thinking, God, where are you in all this? God, what's happening? That's my only source. What's happening? But, you know, can I encourage you with this this morning? One of the things I, I absolutely love about going to see the orchestra is, is as much as I love watching the musicians play, I love watching the conductor. You see, this conductor who plays, who runs the, the Ayrshire Symphony Orchestra, he was my music teacher back in the day. So I have connection there. When my children played in concerts at Cumnock Academy, he was the director of music for East Ayrshire. And he would come and speak to Jordan and encourage him, and he would speak to me and encourage me. And so there's, there's relationship with this man. And I love watching him do his dance. And where I was at this particular concert, for the first time I noticed his book, because normally I'm at a different position and I can't see his book. But his book was like no other sheet of music I'd ever seen. It was weird. You know, I was counting the number of instruments on that stage, but he didn't have lines for every single instrument. It was weird. He had a little dot and a dash and a squiggle, and he just kept flicking it. But do you know, in every bit of that production, he had it planned. He had it thought out. He knew every beat. He knew every note. He knew every instrument. And as he was conducting, I was watching him, and with a flick of his wrist, he would silence one. With a flick of his wrist, he would bring in another. He moved a shoulder. He moved in. He moved out. As he moved in, it got louder. As he moved out, it got quieter. He would silence one and another one would come up without missing a heartbeat. He gave little hops and he gave little jumps. And I just love watching his dance. Do you know, everything was in his book. Everything. And do you know, can I tell you, we have a heavenly conductor who's more than just a passing acquaintance. We have a heavenly father who has every minute, every second, every heartbeat of our life accounted for. And when you think your brook is drying up, can I tell you he's got something else waiting? Something better. Do you know, for Elijah, the rule was ravens are unclean. Don't have anything to do with them, yet God sent the ravens to provide questionable meat source, but it sustained them. But now, as this book is drying up, he says, Elijah, I've got a wee widow lady and I've already prepared her and she's going to provide you with food. Do you know she was at the other end being stretched in her faith. She too was seeing her, her brook dwindle. But do you know our God is a relational God. 
it's not just about a relationship with him. It's about a relationship with others. Do you know, sometimes you can be the very answer to someone else's dry brook. Come on. You can have the answer. You know, some of you have, some of you have not. Some of you have others, some of you have better. But you know, see when we get together, oh my goodness, how much stronger are we when we get together? Oh God, you know, oh, what can I say? I called to the Lord and he answered me. He was as human as we are. Psalms 91 says, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. He will give his angels charge over you. He will protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up in their hands and you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them. I will honor them. I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. Zephaniah three seventeen and 18 says, For the Lord your God has arrived to live amongst you. He is a mighty Savior. He will give you victory. He will rejoice over you with great gladness. He will love you and not accuse you. Is that a joyous choir I hear? Is it New Life Praise Team? No! It is the Lord himself singing over you and dancing over you and conducting over you. He has got you in the palm of your hand. He's with you. Elijah was as human as we, but his God was with him every step of the way. And our God is with us every step of the way. Do you know, right now my music's flowing. Right now my music is triumphant. But even in this moment, even in this climax, I could end it here. There comes a huge stretching. And in one of the songs this morning, you know, Scott phoned me or sent me a message and asked me what songs I wanted today. And I said, you know what, Scott, I trust you. Just go for it. I don't have any. I trust you. And, you know, in one of the songs, it says there was a question. We question God and we say, who? Why? What's going on? I don't understand. Because in the middle of this greatness, this, this woman's son becomes very ill and dies. And you know, they've got some questions. Elijah and the widow have some questions. She's asking him, why, what's going on? Why have you come here? Why have you taken my son? Am I being punished? Did I do something wrong? He's asking, God, why? Why did you take this woman's son? I'm not understanding this. But you know something? Seeing all that stretching and strengthening, Elijah's faith is beginning to pick up a little bit. He's beginning to realize, wait a minute, I went to Ahab and I said, it won't rain, and it never rained. He went to this widow and he says, if you give me the the last piece of, of flour that you have or oil that you have, you'll never grow hungry. You will always have provisions. And guess what? Her bucket was always full. She always had provisions. I wonder, could I dare ask God for something even bigger? 
Could I dare ask God for something never done before? Could I dare ask God for the impossible? So he goes to God. And it says he literally stretched himself. (laughs) He stretched his own faith. And he prayed, God, I don't understand what's going on. But God, I'm asking you, give this boy back his life. Let his spirit return to him. And you know what happened? His spirit returned to him. This boy was given life. This boy that was dead was now alive. It says in my Bible that Elijah was beaming. If he had any doubt, even a flicker of doubt, boy, was it gone. He took that boy and he handed it back to his mum. And you know, even she said, listen, I knew you were a prophet, but now I know you're God's prophet. Can you feel it? Can you feel my tempo rising here? Everything's gone. All doubt's gone. He is super strong. He is now ready for a Carmel experience. He is now ready to take on anybody because he has seen the provision of his God. He has seen the power of his God. He knows he can ask God for anything, anything, and God will do it. So that's what happens. We've been stretched. We've been strengthened. And then we get to part three. Part three is described in my program as a gallop, a race. It is triumphant. It is victorious. The problem has been resolved. The battle has been won. Even before I fight it, it's been won. Go present yourself to Ahab, God says, go straight into that enemy's camp. Face that man down and you give him a message. Okay, Ahab, (laughs) it's time for a competition. We're going to see who's the best barbecuer. (laughs) Love it. It's so crazy. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Okay, it's almost as bad as babe and a sheepdog, seriously. But anyway, This is the competition. I want you to take all of your 450 prophets and all of Jezebel's 400 prophets. I want you to gather everybody in Israel. Everybody must see this. I'm not hiding. I'm not ashamed. I know my God's going to come through. Get them there. Get them up that mountain because something good is about to happen. Something good is in store. So they climb the mountain. I don't know what the people are thinking. I don't know if they're there thinking, oh my goodness, what's he doing? Seriously, has he flipped? I don't know. But he's there. And he says, okay, this is what we're going to do. You pray to your God, and I'll pray to mine. And whatever God lights this fire, will be the one true God. So all the prophets go, all 850, if my mass is correct, they go for a whole day. They shout at their bit of rock, light a fire, please light a fire. Elijah's even cocky and mocky and he says, shout louder, he's maybe deaf. So he shouts louder, light a fire. 
They do all kinds of crazy stuff. But do you know what? It's just a piece of rock. It's dead. Can't do anything. But now, it's Elijah's turn. And as crazy and as wacky as this whole story is, it gets even more wackier. Because he soaks his barbecue. He pours tons and tons of water on the barbecue, on the meat, on the grill, on everything. He even builds a trench and there is so much overflow with water, you could go for a swim in the trench. What is he playing at? But you see, he knows. He feels it. He knows. He trusts explicitly. My God is going to come through. So at the usual time for his evening sacrifice, he steps forth and he prays this prayer. O Lord God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, prove today that you are the God of Israel and I am your servant. Prove that I have done all of this at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Do you know, not even a heartbeat passed before fire fell from heaven. It burned the barbecue. It burned the wood. It burned the stone. It dried up every bit of water. You see, all power, all authority is his. It's his job to bring the people, not yours. You just have to make yourself known and make her God known. That's all he's asking. Reveal yourself, people. That's what he did. Do you know I could end this symphony here? Climax, Pentecostal, yes, God. But do you know what? What I've learned in my walk with God is that there is always a sequel. There's always a part two, a part three. Because for every new level that we climb, there's going to be bigger challenges. There's going to be bigger Ahabs. There's going to be bigger brooks. And you know, at this new level, brook water and ravens weren't going to cut it. At the new level in his stretching, he needed angels. He needed manna from heaven itself for the next part of his journey. And then when he got to the next part, when he was super stretched, only God would do. Only a face-to-face with the living God was enough to give him strength to go and speak to the next generation. Do you know, Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly, it did not rain. And when he prayed again, water flooded the earth and the crops grew. My question this morning isn't, are you willing to be as human as Elijah? No, let me get this right. My question is, it's not that we are as human as Elijah. It's as, are we willing to be as human as he was. Does that make sense? I think I twisted it. Okay, but he was as human as us, but are we willing to be as human as he is? I'll get there, okay? Are we willing to nail our colors to the mast? Are we willing to stand up in our workplaces, in our streets, in our towns, and say, I am Jillian, 
I am a servant of the one true God. Are we willing to trust God enough to ask for the impossible? Or are we just settling for little tiny prayers that we know anybody could answer? Are we willing to make those big confessions? Are we willing to take those big risks? Are we willing to allow God to stretch us? Are we willing to get behind our church's vision of being stretched and strengthened and sent locally, nationally, globally? That's my question this morning. Do you want to see God move mightily in your life? Then we need to be willing to be stretched. Praise team, can you come and join me? If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to stretch yourself from your seats if you're able. And I want you to take a stand. And I want you to show yourself this morning to say, that's me, God. Here I am, God. I'm wholly available, God, to go wherever to do whatever, to be whatever, to, even if it looks crazy, even if it looks nuts, even if it, I'm willing to risk it all, God, for your kingdom to come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you this morning that, God, Elijah was as human as we, yet we are still receiving his mantle. We are still hearing his story. And I thank you for every single person who's on their feet right now, Father, whose hearts are turned towards you right now, Father. And I pray, Father God, that as you look over this place today, that as you look over those who are listening online, that, Father God, you would see the legacy, that you would start to play the symphony of their lives that you would place your mantle over each and every one of them. That in the days and the months and the years to come, we will be talking about their stories. We will be recalling their exploits. That they will see that as just as Elijah saw how powerful you are in their life, that just as Elijah saw miracle and provision day after day after day, that they too would see that miracle, that provision, that they too would see thousands fall to their feet, declaring that you are the one true God. Father, come this morning, empower them, enrich them, strengthen them, whisper in their ear, God. Whisper that melody, that symphony over their lives. In Jesus' name.